money. <laughs> money changes everything. You know, money promises to make us happier. Money promises to make our problems go away, to make life a little bit easier. I mean, money, money changes everything. Do you believe that? Because it's a matter of trust. You know, money, it changes everything, all right. I think it changes our perspective. It changes our priorities in life. I think it changes our hearts. In God we trust. We've been talking about that and asking, is, is that a question? Or is it a statement about how we live? I mean, do you, do you trust God? Do you really trust God? You know, in God we trust. I think sometimes it's like a uh, kind of a pick and choose uh, approach. You know, it goes something like, okay, God, I, I, I believe that. I believe what you say about heaven. God, I, I trust you with my eternity. God, I know someday I'm going to be in heaven with you. You said it. That's good enough for me. And I think when we trust, it's really easy to rest, isn't it? It's easy to believe. In fact, it's very easy to obey. But sometimes we got these areas where there's tension. And in our minds, it goes something like this. Now, I love you, God. And I, and I trust you with a lot of things. I know what you say. I know what scripture says, God. But, you know, I've been thinking. I've been thinking, and I'm not really sure about that. I've got a different plan. And it's like this tug of war. Can any of you identify with that? This tug of war. And I want to suggest it's a matter of trust. In fact, I believe there's no area where the tension's greater than when it comes to money. Money. Money changes everything. You know, in God we trust. It's printed on the back of all of our bills. We've been talking about that. And it's printed on all of our change. Every piece of money, it's there. Bold letters. And it's there to remind us, in God we trust. And friends, I think when we hold this stuff... It is really easy to think money. Money changes things, changes everything. It's a matter of trust. You know, I think it's written there to remind us where we're to put our trust. I believe it's written to remind us that God changes everything. You know, that may be why the Bible has more to say about money than about heaven and hell. That may be why we talk about it once in a while. It may be why Jesus taught on the topic. Do you know more than half of the parables that Jesus told had to do with money and treasures? Because I think Jesus understood that our money, our treasures, our stuff, it's directly connected to our hearts. 
I think Jesus understood that money, it changes everything. I've been challenging us through this series to kind of rethink, rethink how we see stuff. You know, everything that, that we have in life, our, our time and our talent and our money, it's all our stuff. And although we have all this stuff in our possession, we talked the, the first week that we say this is my stuff, but it's not really ours. The fact is we're not owners, uh, we're stewards. And when you come to that realization that everything Everything belongs to God. Everything comes from God. Everything is dispensed by God. I I think when you come to that realization in your life, it changes things. It changes your heart. It changes how you live. It changes how you manage and arrange all your stuff, your time, your talent, your money. In fact, I would just say it changes everything. Money? Money changes everything. Does it? Does it really? I mean, you bet it does. It changes how we trust, who we trust when, when it comes to money. I mean, do you, do you trust God? Can you be trusted? Because it really is a matter of trust. We, we can do so much with, with money. I was thinking about all the things that that we can do, you know, we can spend it. We're pretty good at that, aren't we? Repay debt. I think we do that hesitantly sometimes. Pay taxes. You know, some of you have it taken out of your check. You don't get to experience the joy that I do of giving quarterly. (laughs) You, You can save it or invest it. Same thing. And you can give it. And I think those are the five things that you can do with money. And I believe for most Americans, it's the five things we do. And in fact, I think it's probably about the order that we do them in. I mean, would you agree with that? That basically, when it comes to money, two things determine how much you spend, and how much you put into the five categories. The the first thing is your priorities. Your priorities will dictate how you you cut things up. And the second thing is your self-discipline. You know, most people sit down at some point, uh, many do it at the beginning of the year, and you, you come up with a budget. You know, we're going to get this or that this year, so we're going to start putting back for it. We're going to reduce our debt. You know, we're going to save, blah, 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 blah. And those become your priorities. You know, whether or not you fulfill the priorities depends on self-discipline, right? Does that make sense to everybody? Those two things, priorities, discipline, determine how much goes into each area in your life. So... What happens is, many times we, we get paid, and we start spending. We've we got bills to pay, things to get, and so we do it. You, you pay down some of your debt, you know, credit cards, debt, whatever. Pay your taxes. And I would argue those first three things, you could put them in a different order, but basically 
They, they gravitate to the top. Then, then if you're smart and you're disciplined, you save, put some money back for that day, rainy day. And then if you got something left over, you give it to God, you give it away. And many times we go, I wish I could do more. And that's sort of how the average American home functions when it comes to money. And here's what happens. When you think that way, when you prioritize that way, when your financial life is set up that way, essentially what you do after, after you spend what you're going to spend and you pay the bills that you're going to pay and you take out the, the money for taxes, you set aside a little bit for savings, and then you sit down and you give to God, you give God what's left over, so to speak. See, money, money changes everything. You know, some of you know, Cindy and I, we like to entertain once in a while, and we take turns cooking, you know. Uh, we don't do well in the kitchen together, so to speak. So, But we take turns cooking, and we lay out a menu and stuff. So if we have a, a company coming in, we really take some time planning the meal. And no matter how much food we've got in our, our freezer or out in our pantry or in the refrigerator, when we have guests over, we go to the store and we start over so to speak. We spend the afternoon preparing a meal. And we want things to be just right. And we always make sure that there's plenty of food so our guests, if they want seconds or thirds, maybe they didn't want the first plate, I don't know. But, you know, we make sure there's enough. We make sure that they go home and they're happy with what they had. Now, after dinner, when we have guests in, we always have leftovers. And we put them in the refrigerator, and sometimes we eat on them the next day or a couple days. And I think that's the way it should be. Never once have we invited someone over or someone come over for dinner, and we knew they were coming in like on a Friday. We've never once prepared a really good meal on Thursday and put the leftovers in the dinner and, and for the, the next day. We didn't pig out, you know, and enjoy on Thursday and then Friday go, eh, here's what was left over. It, it's never happened in my household. And my guess is it's never happened in yours, right? Probably never will. But, but here, here's what we do with God. I want you to think about this. We, we kind of go to the store financially we, we prepare a really nice meal for ourselves. We consume as much as we possibly can. And then we go to God and say, hey, God, this is for you. I, I raided my refrigerator. I looked around found this Tupperware. It had a little bit in it. And I wish I could do more, but it's what we had left. See, money, money changes things. It changes everything. And today what I want to do is challenge us to reverse the order. And I'm going to get real practical because it, it, in a way, this is all about stewardship. It's a matter of trust. You know, you and I are to act like stewards, but more times than not, we act like owners. And I want to say that changes things. It changes things. In fact, I believe when you come to understand it's all God's, 
you will never, ever, ever again offer God the leftovers in your life. You will do what you would do for a guest in your home. You, you prepare your finest, and then you eat, and you live off whatever's left. You know, Jesus tells the story of Matthew, Matthew 6. That's what we're going to look at today. It's really an incredible principle and I think it applies to a lot of different areas in our life, but it's specifically about money and possession stuff, stuff that we have. Jesus basically is challenging the thinking of his day. I would say he's challenging the thinking of our day. Jesus is challenging the whole ownership concept. You know, basically, he's talking to people that worry a lot about stuff. They worry a lot about money. They worry a lot about what looking right, you know, driving the right thing, living in the right neighborhood, keeping up with the Joneses. In fact, I bet many of us could just kind of take a peek in our heart. And the reality is, especially in America, you make plenty, but you worry about it. We have plenty of stuff, but the reality is most of us worry and get stressed out about it. You know, getting stuff, keeping stuff, upgrading stuff, making sure we can hang on to our stuff, you know, faster, better, bigger, newer. And there's all this stress and pressure, and it's brought on by stuff. It's brought on by money. See, money, money changes everything. And the problem, and I've come to realize this more and more, is not that we don't have enough. The problem is that we think and act like owners. And as long as we think and act like owners, guess what? You get a worry. You get to be stressed out, especially in the area of finances. And I think Jesus, as he shares this story, is saying, you know, would you like to get that off your shoulders? You know, would you like to not worry so much about money? And initially I'm thinking, oh, getting a raise? Getting a raise there? He just says, no, no raise coming. You've gotten raises in the past. Hasn't changed the stress level, has it? You know, sure, I, there's an elation, there's a joy uh, when you get a, a bonus or you get a raise. You know what I'm talking about? Initially, you kind of go, wow. And about three months after the bump, you start feeling the same pressure again, same tension. See, the problem's not that we don't have enough. The problem is we got more than we ever thought. Yet we still worry, stress, pressure. You guys with me? Any of you feel like that sometimes? Jesus says, you don't have to live that way. If you begin to think as a steward, Jesus says, I'll reduce the pressure. I'll reduce that stress. I'll take it from you. You know, we talked last week that you can't serve God and stuff. You can't serve God and money. See, Jesus is getting practical. He begins along the same line this week, what we're looking at. It says, 
No one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, be devoted to the one and despise the other. Here we go again. You cannot serve God and wealth. It says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, Jesus says, what are you so stressed out about? Why do you get all stressed about your clothes? Why do you get stressed about where you live? Why do you get stressed about all this stuff? And then he asks a real key question. He goes, isn't life more than that? Now, I, I think intellectually we, we connect there. And in fact, I believe if you found out today that you had a terminal disease, you would not worry about any of that stuff. It would just, boom, gone. And I think that's Jesus' point. Life is more than stuff. All that stuff that, that we get stressed about, all that stuff that we worry about, that we pour an enormous amount of energy into, and I would argue whether you're a Christian or not, whether you have a relationship with God or not, that we would all agree life is more than stuff. How many of you agree with that? Life's more than that. See, I think Jesus would say, okay, now that we've established that, he goes on, he goes, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? Well, actually, if I keep worrying the way I've been worrying, I'm probably taking hours off my life. See, they're following, they're going with Jesus. It says, and why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. Jesus go, goes on and he says, but if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today, see so he's kind of telling us what's coming, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you? You of what? Little faith. Friends, do you know what owners do? Owners feel the full weight financially in their life, constantly. It's, it's always there. If you're an owner, if it's yours, then it's up to you. And so you carry this with you every day. Every day of your life, you, you worry and you fret and you carry this stuff. And so many times in, in life, I believe we live as if God cannot be trusted financially. God cannot handle whatever our challenges are financially, that God can't deal with our needs. Now, I didn't say greeds, okay? But that we don't even believe God can take care of our needs. Jesus says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? 
You know, what about the bonus? What about the raise? What about my promotion? How, how am I going to get that? Am I going to get that job? You know, what about the house? What about the car? What about this? What about that? And, and oh, no. What are we going to do? This isn't working out. And Jesus goes, you do not need to worry. You've you got to get it off your back. And, and it's going to get really tough here. Because he goes, for it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. Jesus is saying, it's people that don't believe in God. It's people that think that this is the end. You know, that when we die, it's all over. There's nothing after that. Jesus says, that's how we're living. For it is the Gentiles, it's us who, who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows what you need. God knows what you need. Hear that? God knows what you need. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God knows what you need? Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that God's going to take care of you? Do you believe when Jesus says, I'll take the pressure off of you? It's a matter of trust. Do you trust God? Jesus then's going to give a principle. He says, you got to shift. It's a, it's a whole different way to live. It's a whole different approach Everything we, we own, everything we, we need, it's, it's different. It's different. Here it is. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says you got to quit thinking like an owner. If you'll begin to think like a steward, if you begin to reprioritize your life, if you begin to see God's kingdom and seek God's kingdom first, Jesus says, when, when you focus on that kingdom, when you put it first in every area of your life, including finances, and that's a tough one, Get this, God says, I'll take care of your kingdom then, your little kingdom. I'll take care of all your stuff, stuff which God loaned you, by the way. But he makes a promise there. He says, when you put God first, he'll take care of the things, he'll take care of the things you worry about. God knows what you have God knows what you need. God knows that you live in a culture that there are certain expectations and needs and things. God knows you have kids, grandkids. God knows you, you, you've got bills. God knows all that. And basically, Jesus says, God's making a deal with you. You invest in his kingdom and he'll take care of those needs. You know, when you put God first, I have found I am able to go to bed at night and know that God will work it out. You know why? Because I've always put God first. 
And I, and I wonder how many would like to live that way. You know, have you, have you figured it out yet? Because if you haven't, you will at some point. Have you figured out no matter how much you have, no matter how much more you get, you still have pressures. You still have worries. You still have stress. And what I'm getting at is more does not change that, does it? Little exercise. Do you, do you remember the first full-time job you had and the first check you got? Let me, let me see. How many of you remember those? When, when you were finally out on your own and, and you got that check and you thought, what am I going to do with all this money? And then about a minute later, reality set in, right? And you started worrying. You started feeling the pressure. You started thinking what? I need more, right? And then, then you got a raise. And you believed, you really believed it at the time that that money, that raise you got, would change things, right? Initially, you thought, who could ever want more? And in short order, you found out who wanted more, right? More didn't do it. Now, I would bet you that for many of us, years later, we go, you know what? I'm making three times, five times, ten times what I made back then, and yet we still feel the pressure. And here's my argument. The problem isn't the amount. The problem is our thinking. We live as owners instead of stewardship, and you got to shift the gears in your life. You've got to go from this ownership mentality to a stewardship mentality, and the only way that I know you successfully do that is you got to shift the order of things on your list. You know, no longer is it spend first, give last. You, you flip it around. You flip it around. You know, in other words, you go from ownership to stewardship, and when you do that, you give first and you spend last. And it means reconstructing your whole idea about how to handle your financial life. You know, it's about more than giving. I know when I talk on the topic, people go, well, it's about giving. No, this is bigger than that. This is about thinking different about everything. You know, now here, here's how it works. Get paid. And when you sit down, you start carving your money up. And that's what we do with it, by the way. You start with God. You know, Malachi, and many of you have heard this before, but it says bring the whole tithe. You know, it's talking about the, the first fruits. It's a basic principle throughout the Old Testament. You find it in, in the New Testament of bringing God the first fruits, the best of what we got, the, the 10%. Goes bring it into the storehouse. Storehouse was the temple, it's the church, it's where you worship. I've told people here if this isn't your church, this isn't where you need to bring the tithe. You take it to the church that feeds you and takes care of you. But it goes, 
We do that so there may be food in my house, God says. Test me in this, say, say to Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out on you so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. When, when we do that in our lives, it's kind of like saying, you know what, God, I'm preparing that first-class meal for you. Then what me and my family are going to do, we're going to live on what's left. The biggest shift is God's priority one. And God says, when you make me first, when you seek my kingdom first, and you do your best, I want you to hear this because some miss this, you've got to do your best to manage what you've got left. God says, you don't have to worry because there will be leftovers. Why? Because God knows exactly what you need. And God says, I'm involved in the process now. In fact, he says, test me. Test me and see if I don't come through. And this is the only time in Scripture that God says, test me. It's a promise from God. Again, it's a matter of trust. So that's first step. Second step, see, we're going to turn it all around. You give to yourself. In other words, this is finance 101. You need to save or invest or be paying down in a way that it is building your future. Now, friends, this is more than just good stewardship. I think it's common sense, personally. You know why? Because someday you're going to have an emergency. Someday you're going to hit a wall or there's going to be end up with these opportunities where you either need it in your life or someone close to you needs it. It gives you a cushion. I mean, it's just that simple. Pay your taxes. Why? Because the government says to do it. Scripture says, Christians, we, we obey the laws of the land. Pay our debt. Pay our debt. As stewards, you know, we are... I think one of the greatest things that we could do, again, we're stewards, is pay off this high interest debts that many carry. And it, it, it is uh, more than just a practical thing because the, the fact is uh, we, we carry the, this high interest stuff. And I know as I'm talking, some of you are going, well, that's none of your business. Well, how much I've got that way. You know, as long as I give, who, who cares? Well, friends, you're thinking like an owner at that point. Stewardship. Remember, everything we have belongs to God. And here, here's how my mind works. Statistically, we know in our country, the average household pays $2,000 annually in interest on high interest debt, in other words, credit cards. Think about that, $2,000. Now, some of you are sitting going, well, I don't have any. Well, look down the row, they, they're making up for it, you know. That's how it is. See, we're not talking homes, we're not talking cars or boats or motorcycles, credit card interest. Now, I'm not against credit cards. Have a credit card, Use it, pay it off at the end of the month. That's a good way to use it. But follow this. This is my train of thought. 
we have more than 200 families in the church, but I'm going to use 200 as, as the number. If we could get everybody here every week, we might be surprised, but 200, conservative number. That means in a congregation the size of this, if we just got rid of credit card debt, theoretically, that would generate about $400,000 a year for kingdom work. Conservative figure. Money we wouldn't even miss because we're already paying it out. It's just going to Visa and Master Charge and American Express or whatever. We are stewards. I mean, imagine what could happen in God's kingdom if we understood that. If we just got rid of high interest stuff. And that's not unrealistic, by the way. And then you spend. And I know some of you are thinking, well, wait a minute now. Between God and savings and the government and debt, it's, it's all gone. But here's what I know. God is the master of multiplication and addition. It has been my personal experience throughout my entire life. It's been my observation in all the years I've been in ministry that when people reverse the order and they put God first, when they commit and say, you know what, I'm going to seek God's kingdom first. I'm going to save. I'm going to make sure that, that I set, set stuff ahead so that if I've got problems, you know, I'm going to pay my taxes, I'm going to get rid of consumer debt in my life and live off whatever's left over. And I've had people say, you know what, it means I've got to drop my lifestyle, but I've got to do it, I've got to make this one right. Every person that's ever done that and come back to me and talk to me, they will come back and they'll say, you know what? I got out of debt quicker than I ever imagined. For, for some reason, we, we had more money than, than we thought. We actually had some left over. And friends, I could tell you story after story after story. Unusual things that happened. Things they didn't know were going to happen. Things that they hadn't counted on. Things that had never happened before. And they'll say stuff to me. They'll just say, I really can't believe it. I mean, our decision to get our financial household in order, I mean, it was scary. I mean, it's scary taking that first step. But God has blessed us, and we will never, ever go back to the way we used to do it. And here's the deal. When you get your financial house in order... When you start thinking like a steward instead of an owner, God gets involved. And it's a matter of trust. It's that simple. You can trust God. But the real question is, will you? Now, God is probably not going to pick up your irresponsibility. He could. He could do whatever he wants, but he's probably not going to do that. But I know that when you apply the principle, when you adopt a reverse order, and it's hard to do initially,
God can handle that. And if God can't handle that, I want you to listen very carefully what I'm saying here. If God cannot handle your little financial situation, you may think it's big, but your little in perspective to God, financial situation, I'm going to suggest two things to you. First, when God fails, you don't need to give the rest of your life because God's not trustworthy. And here's the second one, and I bet you haven't heard this at a church before. You do not need to come to church anymore. Why would you come to church? Why would you trust God with your eternity if you can't trust him with a little money issue? It makes no sense to me. You know, you've got to put God to the test. If you take that step, reverse the order, give first, save, put money back, spend, you know, make sure you're taking care of everything. I believe if you've got stuff in the right order, it changes everything, but it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of where are you going to put your trust. See, I believe... Lots of people in their mind think money changes everything. Me and my house, in God we trust. Why? Friends, money doesn't change everything. God changes everything. It's a matter of trust. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, we trust you. God, help us to trust you in all things, everything. We worry, we fret, we we struggle, all of us, all of us in this room do from time to time. God, I thank you that we really can trust you. And God, I pray we'd lay it all at your feet. That we would get our priorities right, get our hearts right. To realize you are the creator of all things, the maker of all things. You give it, you take it away. God, help us to just trust you. We give you the glory, the praise this day. Amen.